Blog Talk Radio. Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Batman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. Hey, what's cracking? Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio brought to you by I'mTheFatMan.com. And I am your host, Darren McDuffie. Got another exciting show tonight. Tonight, we will welcome Chuck Frank to the show. Just waiting for Chuck to actually Skype in. So um, uh, with that, uh, I'll get to some announcements here. And uh, hold on one second for me, people, please. Okay, sorry about that. Actually, Chuck, he was going to try to Skype into the show, but he can't Skype in, so he's actually going to call in. Now, for announcements, if you have not connected with me on Facebook, please do so. My uh, Facebook address is facebook.com slash I'm the fat man. You can connect with me, become my friend. You'll get the updates on the show. Twitter, I am the fat underscore man, so connect with me on Twitter as well. And before we get the show going, I just wanted to send a special uh, happy birthday to my cousin, Lana Odom, who actually always does my taxes for me. Uh, it is her birthday today, so I will um, just wanted to wish her a happy birthday. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a very, very close family. I don't know how my mother and my cousin's mother, who is Lana, were able to have us exactly two weeks apart. I have no idea how that happened the same year, two weeks apart, so we are the, the same age. Who knows why that happened. But tonight, again, we have Chuck Frank on the show, and he's going to be talking about life between life. Very good show uh, simply because there's a lot of people out there that are looking for their purpose and trying to find their purpose. And also there are a lot of people out there that I think are, are confused. They don't know what life is really about, and they don't know how to get the answers to their lives. So this is a good show. And, uh, It'll be a great show if you want to call in and ask questions. The number is 646-716-9371. Again, 646-716-9371, and you can call in and ask your questions. So I'm going to go ahead and welcome Chuck to the show. Hey, Chuck, is that you? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine. Thanks. Oh, great, great, great. So, Chuck, how are you doing tonight? Really good. I'm looking forward to uh, doing your show. This is going to be fun. Cool, cool. So we're live on the air right now. And uh, if you can, can you share what I normally do is ask people to just share their journey with the listeners. How did you become, how did you get into this whole life between life uh, thing? Sure, I'd be happy to tell you. Um, Let's see, where to start. When I was about 10 years ago, I was doing um, a technique that I used to be able to do, and I trained my girlfriend that I used to live with. I trained her to be able to do it so that one night I would be able to go into the spirit world and the next night she would be able to. It was a deep hypnosis technique. And Mm -hmm. then one night we were standing outside, and 
she was leaving, and um, she was going someplace, and she was telling me about an experience she had up in Manhattan, and it was a life-between-life reading. And she was describing this uh, experience that she had. It was a deep hypnosis uh, technique. And when she was describing the technique to me, I got goosebumps all over my body, and I was like, that sounds phenomenal. I have got to learn how to do that. So um, it was sort of like a, a bell going off in my head, like, wow, this sounds great. You know, it's just one of those things that, you know, your soul innately vibrates with, and you just feel really good about Anyway, I started studying, started reading about it, and then I studied with a fellow named Dr. Michael Newton. And he's a best-selling author who wrote several books. Um, one of the books is called Journey of Souls. And another mm-hmm. one of his books is called Destiny of Souls. And I picked up the books, and I was just completely blown away by what people were experiencing. And the thing is, it's all inside of us. That's the really fascinating part of this, is that all the experiences that we have of this whole ex- whole process, life between life, is inside of us. So what happens is um, you work with a hypnotherapist and they put you into this very deep, relaxed state. And basically all that means is your brain waves. You slow your brain waves down. It turns out when your brain waves slow down, you become much more intuitive, much more aware, sensitive. Um, Your internal mind chatter stops, and you're able to go deep inside yourself. So what happens is um, there's a process where they start and they walk you back through your childhood. They, They start off with this life now, and they, mm-hmm. you, it regressed back to different experience, happy experiences as you're a little kid. Then you get regressed back to your earliest happy childhood memory. Then you get regressed back to being one month old, which is fascinating. And then you get regressed back to being in the womb, in your mother's womb, just before you're born. And... That's just an amazing experience right there. And what happens is um, the reason that we go into these earlier memories is it's the same part of your brain that remembers what you had for breakfast 10 years ago or when you were in the womb. It's the Mm -hmm. same part of your brain that remembers what you were doing in a past life or even before that, what you were doing between one life and the next. So you activate that part of your brain, and then what happens is there's a process that the hypnotherapist walks you through, and then you go into the spirit world. And basically, what you do is um, we, we take you back into the immediate past life, the immediate past life from this one. So let's say you're 40 or 50 years old or 60 years old. We regress you back to the immediate past life from this one. Then we go through a few different scenes in that life. 
and you get a sense of what was going on. And then we take you through the death scene. And basically, you just pop out of your body when you die in that past life. And you probably leave your body every night when you go to sleep. You just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So you just find yourself floating out of your body. And I just ask people, I say, where are you now in relation to your body? And typically, they're floating above it or next to it, or they could see it below them. And they're, you can hear the surprise in their voice that they're out of their body, but they're still alive, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like your soul consciousness is still intact. It's just that you don't have your hands and your feet, whatever. Is this what s- is, Chuck, yeah. is this the same experience that people actually have when they actually die. So when they die, I've heard stories where people will will either view themselves from up above of their body, the physical body, and it's, it's, or they will view themselves is, as something exactly. is happening. No, that's okay. exactly. That's exactly the same the same process. Um, one time I was standing on top of a wall and I went to jump off and I had a pair of uh, karate pants on and my sandals got caught in the bottom of these floppy pants I had on and I ended up going head first towards the ground. I put my hand out in front of me and sort of did a roll mm-hmm. and just just before I hit the ground I remembered seeing myself out of my body. I saw myself I saw my body and I was above my body before I actually hit the ground. So we're able to do this all the time and you probably do it every night. Just don't remember it so hmm. whenever when people die they just pop out of their body their soul is still there your consciousness your awareness is still there it's just your physical um your physical body you you pop out of that now yeah it when we when we wake up we come back into our body but we don't remember that process that's all mm-hmm I read the book. You gave me a book, Journey of Souls. I didn't read the whole book, but I read um, distinctively uh, a part in there I really remember, and it was saying how um, once that process happens of someone actually coming out of the body, at some point there's some spirits or some of the souls will not want to leave um, because they are, for whatever reason, I remember reading the story and it said one of the souls didn't want to leave because they were worried about someone else. Have you ever experienced that happening with um, uh, people that you take through this process? Oh, all the time, yeah. And, and, here's, and here's what happens with that. Um, a mother uh, finds herself in a situation where she's dying, and she mm-hmm. has a baby, and she loves the baby dearly, and she wants to take care of the baby. She just doesn't want to leave at that point. She wants to take care of the baby. And, you know, sometimes they come back into the body, and sometimes, you, you know, you just don't come back into the body. You know, it's as simple mm-hmm. as that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, I see that almost every day. That, that happens yeah. all the time. Right. And uh, you and I had like a real in-depth discussion. We we kind of talked for maybe like three or four hours when the first time when we met, I came over to your to your place. And uh, one of the things I've always wondered is how do and I asked you this while we were actually sitting there is the change you witness a real change like a person comes in 
It's like Superman going into the booth. Clark Kent goes into the booth, and then mm-hmm. Superman actually comes out. How profound is this for a lot of people? <laughs> that's a, that's a uh, pretty uh, interesting. It's funny because they all come walking. They first of all, it's every pretty much everybody reads the book. Not everybody, but you know, ninety percent of the people have read the book, and that's why they come to do the session. And they come mm-hmm. walking in, and they sort of are shuffling in and they're sort of shy and nervous and they're like, oh, heck, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, you know, I've never done anything like this before and I just don't know, but I hope I can. <laughs> it, you know, it's one of those kind of situations. And then after they go through this process, and the process is about a three to four hour process, once they have this experience, they they walk out, they're like standing up, they're glowing. Literally, they're they're inner light is shining out of them, you can see a dramatic difference. And they're like, oh, yeah, that was easy. See, the funny thing is, it's all inside you, and all you're doing is reconnecting with the memory of it. It's not like you're going through a new experience. This already happened, all this stuff. So we're just having you go and remember what happened. And once I remember it, it's like, just like, yeah, I had uh, pancakes and uh, and uh, orange juice for breakfast this morning. You know, it's, it's like a matter of fact kind of thing. Although it's very, very profound. You know. Mm-hmm. How do you go about getting these people so relaxed? Because I know I've done hypnotherapy sessions before, and I was always one of those people that thought that I couldn't be hypnotized. And it turned out I was probably one of the easiest people that could be. But I've noticed that um, I was at an um, office retreat at one point, and they had a hypnotist there, and he was standing out in the audience, and he had these people on stage doing all of these weird tricks. And it didn't work on me then, but when I started to do closed-door closed sessions with a hypnotherapist, I, she said that you're probably one of the, the uh, easiest people I ever hypnotized. And I realized that I was hypnotized, but I also knew what was going on around me. I knew I was aware of it. But how do you get people so relaxed that they can get into these actual states? Good question. That's the million-dollar question right there. <laughs> how do you get them to? How do you get them to get into that state? And that's a really great question. And I'll give you a couple. I'll give you the real simple version of. It. Here's how it works. You have two parts of your brain. You have the left hemisphere of your brain. You have the right hemisphere of your brain. Mm-hmm. The right hemisphere of your brain is your five senses, what you see, hear, feel, smell, taste. That's right now, instantaneous right now time. Okay? Mm-hmm. Your left side of your brain is the part of your brain that analyzes, judges, critiques, compares um, what you just sensed with your five senses. And it compares and critiques and judges and analyzes it. And that's for your protection and your safety. And, you know, what happens is the left side of your brain, whenever you're analyzing, judging, and critiquing, it's based on a future assumption, past memory or experience. That's how you analyze, judge, critique, compare. It's based on a future assumption or a past memory or something. Mm-hmm. Well, the left side of your brain is future and past. It's incapable, incapable of sensing what it 
incapable of seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling, tasting. It's just the part that analyzes everything. And that's always future past. People that have internal dialogue going on in their head, that analytical, judgmental dialogue going on in their head, that's the left side of the brain. They are incapable. It's just physically impossible for them to feel or see or hear or smell or taste what we're talking about because they're always in the future or the past. Hmm. The experience of the soul is experienced right now in this particular moment, not in the future, not in the past. You can think about it, but the actual experience that we're talking about is experienced in now time only, and that's your right brain. So the trick is how do you shut off the right brain? (laughs) That's the million, the, uh, the left brain. How do you shut off the left brain, that analytical, judgmental part? And it turns out there's a few tricks that you can do. Mm-hmm. One of the simplest things you can do is you can just imagine space. It turns out some doctors up in Princeton, New Jersey, they had a biofeedback center, and they were trying to get people's brain waves to slow down. And when you're in your right side of your brain in now times, your brain waves are slower. And you're much more intelligent, much more intuitive, creative. Information comes to you. You don't have to chase information. So basically, you want to have your brain waves as slow as possible. The left side of your brain, the brain waves are always extremely fast. That's like when you're nervous, you're anxious, you're thinking, you're comparing, you're judging everything and everybody and yourself. But they found out when they strapped on an EEG machine on people's head with this biofeedback machine, that when they asked the people to imagine space, the left brain could not imagine space and it would shut off. Mm-hmm. And then what would happen is their brain waves would immediately drop and it would go from the beta state into the alpha state. And all that means is that your brain waves are slowing down. And they put a, a name on different brain wave number of how many cycles per second your brain waves are going on. They found, this is a minor miracle when they found this really simple technique. So, I'll give you a real simple example how to do this. Just imagine the space in your belly right now. So, if you just imagine the space in your belly, If you're actually imagining the space in your belly, you'll notice that there is no internal dialogue happening in your head. There is no conversation going on because you're imagining space. Your left brain can't imagine space. If you do have an internal conversation going on in your head, it's because you aren't imagining space. It's it's that simple. So imagine space, any space, the space from the top of your head to the ceiling, from your butt to the floor, from your chest to the wall in front of you, any space at all. When you're imagining space, your left brain goes quiet. The energy that was going into your left brain now goes into your right brain, and you become super conscious, super aware. You have more energy to see, hear, feel, smell, and taste. Right, yeah. When when I I get you slower, when that Mm -hmm. when that you're into the right side of your brain, your super conscious side of your brain. Now I mm-hmm. ask you a question and the information appears.
appears to you. That's the cool thing. That's 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 a trick to how to do it. Yeah, and you said this process actually takes a while. Like if someone came in with you on a session, how how long can a session take? Just to just to I think you said three four hours, but just to get someone into that very relaxed state, how long can that take? Some people you can get them there in ten minutes, and some people it takes longer. When I do it myself, and this is what Newton recommends. I always do it for 50 to 55 minutes, mm-hmm. almost an hour, just getting them to slow down. Once you get them to slow down, the rest is a cakewalk. You know, you just walk them through this process. And then they have these experiences, and they can talk about it and remember it, and they have these incredible divine experiences that they remember about their soul yeah. life. That whole uh, space thing, there's, that actually helped me because I used to have monkey mind when I was meditating. And now when I lay down to meditate, uh, I will just think about space. And it just it actually works because it shut my whole inner dialogue down because I'm a very, very analytical person. And I told you that when we, we sat down to talk. And that's helped me out tremendously in being able to shut my, my brain down and kind of cut out that mind chatter. So it, it, it does work. It works, it works perfect. That's the funny thing about it. If you're imagining space, there is no internal dialogue. If you have internal dialogue, you're not imagining space. It's that simple. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. What, what happens now is now you have them to the point where they're in their right, right half of their brain. They're mm-hmm. super conscious. Now, what happens when you take them through the past life experience and they go through the death scene, they start to find themselves um, ascending upwards, like going up, and they can start seeing their body getting farther and farther below them, and they're going higher and higher up. And I guess this is exactly what they were talking about when Christ died, and they were talking about the ascension. You start finding yourself going higher and higher and higher. And then as you go even farther up, the environment around you starts to change. It starts to get lighter or darker, or some people say it gets cloudy. Then what happens is typically a loved one or like a guardian angel, Mm -hmm. like a being of light, shows up to help you with the transition from the physical to the non-physical Hold up, hold up. Now, i got to ask you this. Has anyone ever freaked out when this started happening? happening? Or is it just like a calm type of thing? Or do people like like freak out? Because me listening to you right now, it's like I've never experienced this. So my first inclination is that I might freak out because I don't know know what's going on. Well, I'll tell you right now, just just the, the question is a left brain analytical judgmental kind of like, <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God, you know, what's going to happen? I'm, you know, that whole, yeah, yeah, whole yeah. you would use the term monkey mind. That mm-hmm. thing kicked into gear, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's mm-hmm. basically a fear thing. And it's, it's uh, a completely legitimate question. And the answer is never. And I've done probably 600 to 700 of these sessions. 
never once has anybody even remotely freaked out. And here's what happens. Mm -hmm. When you actually, uh, when you're, you get in contact with your a loved one or uh, one of your angelic beings that come to help you, mm -hmm. it, it's exactly the opposite of freaking out. It's like, oh my God. That's my grandmother, or you know, that it's a being of light, and it's and, and then I always say to them, is it familiar or new to you? And they go, oh, it's very familiar. And not only that, it's so familiar. I've been with this with this you know male or female or androgynous being for forever, you know, like for I, who knows how long. It's been forever, and it's always like incredibly beautiful. You know, that's the really cool thing about it. It's like yeah, a I, I found it um, when I was reading the book that they said that this being can be androgynous, meaning, you know, no sex, and that um, this person has been assigned to you since the day you were born as your, your guide. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and, and many times, even before, in other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. So they could have been with you for five hundred or a thousand years. Right. And the cool, th the cool thing is, they're like your friend too. It's like a loving, helpful friend, guide, angel kind of being. And you hook up with them, and it's like, oh, yeah, now we're cooking. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, oh, this is beautiful, man. I, it's good to see you again. It's like seeing your best friend. You know, it's like, oh, where you been? You know. I've been alone in a strange place, you know, and it's it's good to be home. Yeah, you talked about just the feeling of um, love, like you, you experienced this kind of, and I heard it in your voice just now, you kind of experienced this kind of feeling of love, that unconditional love that people don't ever really get to feel, but you feel that when you connect with this with this being. Is that correct? Well, yeah, exactly. And, and, I would say that you can feel it on earth. Um, up, and, and, and sometimes you have that unconditional love up until the first fight you have with somebody you really love. <laughs> or, or the first, you know what I mean? Like when you mm -hmm. first have that love and it's like, you know, the person is the perfect image and ideal of what you want them to be, and your heart's just open and you're just, you know, oozing, <laughs> you know, love coming out of every cell of your body. And then they open their mouth to say something stupid, and then all of a sudden it shuts off. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. in that spiritual realm, you're just locked into that, into that, um, into that beautiful experience of love, because that left brain monkey mind—I'm going to use that term—that mm -hmm. the left brain analytical feel, fearful part is not there. So just imagine being in that state of love. Like, imagine, pretend what that would be like. It, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, that's what people experience when they go into this this life-between-life life experience. Yeah. With that and right it, brain... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was saying with that right brain thing, I know that a lot of times with... Uh, being in right brain means being now. You're not in the future. You're not in the past. 
And I noticed that a lot of things that go back to, like, for instance, affirmations, saying affirmations, they always tell you to say your affirmations in the now. Is that the connection of why? Because your spiritual self is in the now versus being in the past or being in the um, the present. It's actually in the now. Does that make sense? Exactly. Exactly. See, here's, here's the thing. Everything that's happening past, present, and future is right now. The, the past, the future, the aging of our bodies is all an illusion. The, the real essence, the soul part, is um, it, it, it doesn't have time associated to it. It's just there. When, when people go into this experience, they... Well, you have your angelic helper come to you. And then from that point, they take you to your soul group. And your soul group is a group of beings, um, mm-hmm. typically anywhere from, you know, 5 to 15 or 20, that have been traveling around with you for lifetimes, basically. And you have something like each one of us has something that we're working on to perfect an aspect of our soul. Mm-hmm. So some people are energy uh, healers. Some people are doctors. Some people are um, talk show hosts. You know, Some people are musicians, actors, anything. It could be any kind of thing. Some people are here to save, to help the planet. There's all kinds of different uh, scenarios. What we do is, I, once the guide shows up, the angelic being shows up, I ask the, ask the uh, guide to take you to your group. And then we find out what it is that you're working on. There's something that you as an individual, and then I as an individual, and everybody else, and we all have our own path, we're all working on. We find out what is the common denominator with this group. And then we realize what our, our soul group, our, our soul is working on. It's a cool thing to find because instead of like looking at 360 degrees all around you, you now can focus on that one degree of, you know, what you're here to work on. It's a, it's a fascinating thing to find. Very cool. Yeah, I know um, from a standpoint, and I won't mention the person's name, but I know that you helped someone with um, something that they had, a uh, illness or something or a, a condition, and uh, she relayed to me, and that's how we met through this person for the audience out there, um, that she had to work on anger. Like she was angry. She didn't want to come out when she was a, uh, a baby. She didn't want to come out of right. her mother's womb, so she had to work on getting past the anger and she did that and within she said I don't know within like a couple of days or a week or so that the condition actually left so um, yeah so those things and going back to injuries I remember reading in the book too they said that something I think it was a someone had like this real back pain all the time and they couldn't figure out uh, why they were having the back pain but in a past life when they went through this process that you're describing a life between life that they realized that they were either, I think they were stabbed in the back or 
something happened uh, to injure them, and it was during a war. And that's why they were having the back pain in their present physical life. Can you have you ever dealt with anybody like that where they've had a pain or some? Obviously, you did to that extreme of having maybe back pain all the time or having maybe a foot pain or something like that. Have you ever been able to kind of hone in on that with anyone? Yes, all the time. It's that's a common thing. You bring you bring. Um, you bring, your consciousness goes with you from lifetime to lifetime. Your body mm-hmm. changes, but your consciousness, you're still bringing in that, that you still have that same consciousness. And what happens is you attract, you know, the law of attraction kind of whole rap about, you know, you attract yeah. what you think about. And, well, if you don't change, if you don't neutralize the your consciousness, and you, you just bring it from lifetime to lifetime, you'll just keep attracting that same thing from one lifetime to another. You have a back pain, you got stabbed in a battle in, you know, 1620, you know, and then you're born in 1982, and, you you know, you're now 20 or 30 or 40 years old, and you still have back pain, you know. Mm-hmm. You're attracting the same thing. Your consciousness brings it. So how do you, how do you change that? Once you're in this uh, state, this um, soul state, I ask your guide to take you to your council. And there's a council of wise beings, like mm-hmm. uh, Buddhas or Christ or, you know, um, Krishna kind of beings that are on a council. And you'll be taken there, and they'll review your life. And it's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> There was a movie with uh, Meryl Streep and uh, I can't remember the guy's name, Albert Brooks, I think his name was, and it was called Defending Your Life. And it was sort of a comedy, and they had to go before this council and defend their life. You know? Well, in, that was a movie. In, in, in reality, you go, once, you, once you die, you, are, you do go before this council, and they do review your life. But you don't have to defend anything. It's all really loving. There's no punitive damages assigned. And they actually help you with whatever it is that you want to uh, have, you know, have help with. And I tell mm-hmm. people to bring a list of questions. And, <laughs> and this, yeah, the questions, sometimes the questions are absolutely amazing. And uh, I what tell was people actually- that, what was actually one of the questions that, that you found to be, like, out of sorts? I know you've seen a lot of them, but what was one of the things that kind of stuck in your mind? Well, well there's, there's one question. I mean, some are just completely, you know, some of them are completely off the wall. Uh, but it could, be, it, could, it could be literally anything from, you know, how do I make more money, how do I make my business grow, to what mm-hmm. the number one question that people come to do the session is number one and number two is the, f- the first one is what is my purpose like why was I born you know mm-hmm. and your council you ask the council members and then they give you the information and it's very organic it's like oh it's like a bell going off in your head like oh yeah that is just fascinating I get it like that's what I'm here to do. You 
Now, that's my purpose. The second big question that people come to is a loved one died, and either a, either a pet or a person, and they want to talk to them again. And while they're at the council, I, ask the, I have the person ask the council if it's okay if they can bring in that other person, that other soul. And mm-hmm. 90%, 95% of the time they say yes. Sometimes they don't let the person come in because the person was such a knucklehead when they were alive that, <laughs> <laughs> that, the, that the person just um, usually doesn't want to come in and they're, they're, you know, they're working on you know, changing something. And it, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the person that's asking. It's usually the person that... Uh, passed away first, and you know they're working on something, and they're not ready to talk to somebody or whatever. But mm-hmm. ninety to ninety-five percent of the time, the council says sure, and then they, the person comes in, and there you are, face to face, literally face to face with your loved one that passed away. And then I teach them this really cool technique. It's a heart-to-heart connection, mm-hmm. and it's like heart energy connecting to their heart, their soul energy. And you're there and you can literally talk to your whoever it is that passed away and you're there and usually um, when you see the person, they're always in this healthy, young state. It's not like you see them when they're old and sick or whatever. You know? mm-hmm. Usually they're, they're like glowing and healthy and and they, and they typically always say, hey, don't worry about me. I'm having the time of my life. Everything's beautiful <laughs> inside. You're, you're, the, you're the one that's, uh, <laughs> you know, living in uh, Florida, New Jersey, or, you know, wherever you're at, Geneva, mm-hmm. or Sao Paulo. And, um, and then it's just a real relief. You know, like you can see, like, on TV, the Long Island Psychic, she, she tells you, what mm-hmm. your loved one is saying. Well, there's no middleman involved in this. This is you face-to-face, literally seeing and hearing and feeling your loved one standing there talking to you. Yes, but you don't, you, you actually don't um, talk like move your mouth. You, you, you explained to me when we were talking that you talk through kind of like telepathically. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing okay. is you don't have a mouth when you're there. I mean, you have a physical form, and people mm-hmm. describe the, the bodies that they see of themselves or their, um, you know, their council or their soul group or their soul mate or their loved one. Their bodies are like translucent. It's not a physical body. They have a trans. It looks physical, but you can actually see right through it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's just so that I think... My interpretation of that is, see, the, the souls on the other side, they can show up, they're, they're beings of light, basically. And they can mm-hmm. either show up as a being of light, or they can show up as a physical, translucent body. And that's so that you can relate to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so that you can easily relate to them. If they showed up as this glowing ball of light, you know, some people have a hard time relating to them even though that's their soul energy. So they show up as a, a translucent being. And, hmm. 
you know, I know for myself, I've seen, you know, the, the glowing souls and the, and the physical, both, you know. Right. It, it, it's, a, it's the same soul. It's just they show up to make it easy on you. Yeah. You, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, uh, taking people back and getting their purpose. And one of the things I've always wondered about, and I've read a lot of stuff, they said that your beliefs are formed by the time you're seven years old. Um, and some of those beliefs are limiting beliefs. Are you able to take some back? Obviously, you're able to take some back to, to the womb, but for someone who might be struggling with some limited limiting beliefs and they want to change some things, for instance, you mentioned people want to know how to make their business better. Are you able to take them back to the point of seven years old when they were able to and have them recollect these beliefs or these things that were instilled in them at, at the age of seven? You could do that, but there's an easier way to do it. When you're doing this, when you're doing one of these life between life sessions, you're just standing there in front of your counsel and you ask the counsel how to do it. Oh. And they just they just describe it to you. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, quick. It's, it's easy, and um, they're extremely wise. That's the mm. cool thing about the counsel. They're like these wise. Um, they're like masters, you know, like ascended masters kind of being. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have two people on the switchboard. If you have a question, if you're listening, have a question, hit one on your switchboard, and I know you have a question. If you don't, then you'll just be listening to the show. So hit one, and I'll bring you on the air if you have a question for Chuck. Um, so it's an easier way to do that. You can just talk to the um, the beings uh, or talk to your counsel and, mm-hmm. and just ask them, hey, what am I supposed yeah. to be working and it's actually a way to kind of um, a shortcut because I know a lot of people try to work on many different things at a time. But like you were saying in the beginning, you could just be here to work on one specific specific thing, and that could just open the floodgates for so many more things. Have you ever seen that happen with someone? Yeah, with myself. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, and it about. happens with everybody. Yeah. It happens with everybody, yeah. I, here's, a, here's a pretty funny story I, I had one time. I was doing a, um, one of these Life Between Life sessions with a lady, and, you know, sometimes they tell me a little bit about themselves before they do the session, and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really care. To me, it doesn't matter what your history is. I just, you know, you lay on the couch, I do my thing, and you have this experience. And this, this lady, she was leaving. As she was walking out the door, she was going, you know, I was about to um, divorce my husband. That's why I came here, because oh, I wanted wow. to divorce. I wanted, she didn't tell me this. She goes, I wanted to divorce my husband. But I had a total change of heart, <laughs> because when I was doing the past life section of the life between life, mm-hmm. um, I realized that in this, see, in this life, She's actually taking care of him. He's been sick for many years, and and uh, she's just fed up with him, you know, being a nasty bastard kind of guy. And you mm-hmm. know, she's like this sweet lady, and he's just sick, and she has to take care of him all the time. Mm-hmm. In the past life, she was sick, she was nasty, and he took care of her. Wow! And <laughs> once she once she realized that, she was like. She was literally putting on her shoes at the front door when she was leaving. And she says, you know, 
it's funny, I came here because I wanted to get divorced, and now that I realized that he was taking care of me, it just completely changed my whole idea about what I'm doing, and I, I can see that I can take care of him, and, you know, it's just payback, basically. You know, yeah, um, yeah. What, it, along with that, I got a, a, a real good, good question here. Um, so they were paired up in another life? Yeah. Uh-huh. A lot of people so do, um, are paired up oh, in wow. another life. Some people, you could, your mother could be your uh, husband, your son could be your mother. I mean, it could be any combination. And, and that's real, 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 real common. Um, but when we're, when we're doing the past life portion of the session, mm-hmm. I ask people when they run into somebody, I have them do the heart connection, soul to soul heart connection thing. And then I say to them, do they seem new or seem familiar? And they go, oh, they're familiar. I say, well, who do they remind you of? Is there anybody in this 2014 life? And they go, you know, it reminds me of my daughter, you know. So my husband was my daughter in this life was my husband in the past. You know, it could be any combination. But typically, people in your life um, you've been with before. And it, and sometimes in a different role. You could be the, if you have a son or a daughter, you could have been the mother or the father, you know, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. Could. And that is that why people, like, sometimes I'll meet somebody and it, it mm-hmm. feels like I've known them for a long, long time, even though I've just met them. Is that one of the reasons why? Well, when you look into somebody's eyes mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a connection, mm-hmm. that typically goes through the right side of your brain. There's some kind of a, a sense, a feeling, a sense, a knowingness. Mm-hmm. Then you start to analyze, judge, critique it in the left side of your brain. But the initial thing goes right into you and you go, wow, you know, this feels really familiar. And that's Probably, I can't say it is, but there's a really strong chance that you did know them or have a connection to them in the past. Wow. Yeah, that's always a strange thing when you have a connection and you don't know why you know somebody. You just feel like you you know. I knew when I was a kid, I used to have this friend, and it just seemed like we were friends forever. (laughs) And I never knew why. Now I actually um, know why. Chuck, how do we know that all this is real? I want to play devil's advocate because some people are going to yeah. be listening to the show and they may, may be listening to it right now and it's like, oh, this is a bunch of hogwash. I myself mm-hmm. believe it. And um, how would the average person out there know that this is this is actually real? Well, what I what I like to do, and um, what I like to do is when we're doing the um, the past life part of the Life Between Life session, what I like to do is I ask people, you know, where are you? And they say, well, I'm in this part of the world or, you know, whatever. And then I always ask them, um, is there any buildings around? And they say, yes. I say, is there any, um, and this is a good way, this is what I do. I mean, everybody could do it different ways, but typically cathedrals, I say, is there any big churches or cathedrals that are made out of stone? And if Mm -hmm. they say yes, or buildings made out of stone, and let's say it's the 1700s or, you know, 16, 1800s, whatever, I have them go to the front door and count the number of stones 
from the from the bottom of the door up to the top of the door. And mm-hmm. I haven't described the doorway and the number of stones. And then when they go to that uh, when they go to that cathedral or that church or whatever, because they typically have been around for a long time. There's almost every every place has a church or or some kind of a uh, you know a religious temple or something. Mm-hmm. And when when the person goes there, they literally can count the number of stones: one, two, three, oh, twenty-seven stones. Son of a gun, that's exactly it. And then they go inside and they start to notice. Oh yeah, I've been here before. You know, mm-hmm. so you you could get. Um, so one lady came from Barbados. I get a lot of people that come to me from out of the country, and this one lady came from Barbados, and she didn't know anything about um, the United States. Mm-hmm. And I took her back into the past life section of the life between life, and she. I said, "Where are you?" She goes, "I'm in," you know, and she had a spell the name because she didn't even know how to pronounce it. It was Newport, Rhode Island. And it was around 1900 or 1901 and she um, was a servant in this big house and she fell in love with the son of the rich people that owned this big house. I asked her for the um, to go to the out to the front of the house and look at the front of the house and is there a number on the front of the house? And she gave me the, the number, the name of the street, um, the name of the people that she worked for, and her name and the boy's name that she was in love with that she ended up marrying. And she went back to Barbados. She Googled it. Son of a gun, there was a picture of the whole family in front of this house at, you know, 1929, you know, Henley Street or whatever the name of the street is. I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, there's ways that, um, there's ways that you can verify that. Now, here's the thing. That doesn't really matter that much to me, whether it's mm-hmm. real or not. The thing that I like is when you go into the between life, that's the part of the session that it's like the meat and potatoes section of the of the uh, session. Right. When you're there with, you're in the soul state yourself with these loving beings, there's no question that it's real. It's just happening. <laughs> Now, mm-hmm. once you come out of that and you're back here on the couch and you open your eyes and the phone's ringing and the TV's on and you start to go, well, you know, did, did that really happen or whatever. But while you're experiencing it, it's real and there's no question about it. It's just happening. And typically people are like ecstatic, you know, um, either crying out of pure happiness and joy or just smiling from ear to ear. And I will tell you that when I, the cool thing about it is when I'm watching them, they mm-hmm. start to glow, like their aura just opens up and their soul just starts to glow. And I'm sitting here looking at them going, I can't believe I get paid to do this. You know, I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> cool <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I used to drive a, uh, I used to have a crane rental business up in New Jersey. Uh-huh. And this is just so different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then uh, 
picking up uh, steel beams or you know whatever you're yeah. picking up. Yeah. You um you are, it's about eight minutes left in the show. I don't want to keep you too long. I know your time is valuable, sure. but. Um, you do some pretty cool things with energy as well, and I was astounded when I sat down and talked to you, and you were, um, I had this little irritating hip injury. That I don't know where it came from. I do a lot of working out, but I just had this irritating hip injury, and you sat across from me, and you did this weird thing with your eyes, and you were, like, scanning through my whole body, and uh, you asked me right. after a while, like, how's your hip? And I'm like, man, it, my hip feels uh, totally different now, but describe what you do with energy and how you're able to kind of scan through people's bodies and see where things are misaligned and, and, and correct those things. Sure. What I did, Remember I was telling you, you said, um, how do you get into this state? And I said, you want to shut off your left brain. There's another trick to shutting off your left internal mind chatter, and it's mm-hmm. to defocus your eyes. So when you say I did this trick or this weird thing with my eyes, what I did is I, I was looking in your direction and I pulled my focus back mm-hmm. so that I wasn't looking directly at your physical body. I was sort of looking in the direction. I defocused my eyes, opened up my peripheral vision, and that immediately slows your brain waves down when you do that. So what I was doing is I defocused my eyes. Now, what you can do is I imagine the space in your body. Remember, imagining space shuts off your left brain also. And right. Shut off your left brain, you become super conscious. That energy goes to your right brain. So what happens is I defocus my eyes, I imagine the space in your body, and then I scan through your body, and I wait for a feeling of the energy dropping from my chest to my belly. Mm-hmm. You, ever meet, you ever meet somebody or you're going someplace, you get a really bad feeling, and it just feels like you're... you're energy drops into your belly and you just get like this weird feeling. Yeah, I can do that with people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a signal from your subconscious that something's off, okay? And I'm actually writing a book on that right now. And um, I'll have it finished. And I was up till 8 o'clock this morning actually writing, working on it. But I'll have it finished and it describes this whole process. So basically I scan the energy in your, I scan the space in your body. I wait for the feeling. I find where the uh, weakness is, and I, I know where the weakness is because I feel the energy in my body drop out. You know, it mm-hmm. drops down at the belly. When that happens, then there's another technique that I do to turn the energy on. Basically, it means that the energy in your body is off in that particular spot, and there's a simple mental technique that you can do to turn the energy on. And I do that technique, and it literally is as quick as a thought. It's like a snap of a finger, mm-hmm. and the energy goes on. It's just like throwing the light switch on. The light switch is off. Get the light switch, and the light switch goes on. And then all of a sudden, the pain goes away, and you're like, well, oh, how the hell do you do that? You know, you didn't even touch me. You didn't talk to me. You didn't do anything. It's, it's learning how to feel energy. When I first did my Life Between Life session, I went to the... Um, soul group Um, I I went there and there was like I think there was five other people in my soul group Mm -hmm. and they were all and the the person the therapist said to me you know what's your what's the common denominator I says well they're all working with energy and but I don't know how I fit in about six months later 
I hurt my L4, L5 disc in my lower back. Blows out. Incredible pain. Even drugs weren't helping the pain. Nothing would help it. I found a guy in California that I read about, and over the phone, he did what I did to you. And mm-hmm. in literally a few minutes, I was up walking around pain-free going, my God, that was a miracle. What did you do? And I was like, that's unbelievable. And he says, well, I do this energy thing. Your energy was off. That's the whole, whenever you feel pain in your body, it's because right. you're sick, illness, it's the energy is off to that, those cells. You have to right. turn the energy. And, yeah. you know, I know how to do that. Yeah, you weren't convinced that you knew how to actually do it. I, I think you told me that the guy taught you, and you weren't convinced until you you did it on your, it was your cat, you said? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My cat was, my cat was, I had a cat. He was 18 and a half years old. He was laying at the foot of my bed one night. He had stopped eating. I took him, I had t- taken him to two vets, and they said, just put him to sleep. He was just, like, skinny. And so this one night, he was laying there at the foot of my bed, and, um, he couldn't breathe. He was, he sounded like this, uh, uh, you know, he's having a really hard time breathing. He had blood mm-hmm. coming out of both nostrils and his eyes were bugging out. And I swear he was looking at me going, help me, help me, you know? And, and I was thinking, you know, what the heck can I do? I said, so I take him to the vet. He hates going to the vet. He just goes crazy. I don't want him to die at the vet's office. So I go, let me try this thing that I learned in California a few months ago. And I just went through his spine. And wherever the, I felt the drop in energy in my body, when I went to, like, his first cervical vertebrae in his neck, and I would just feel the energy there. I would mm-hmm. defocus, imagine the space in there. I'd feel the energy, and I would feel the energy was off. So I would do this technique and turn the energy on. Anyway, I did that to each one of his vertebrae. He has seven in his neck area, 13 in his back, and seven in his lumbar area. When I got to the tail, I opened my eyes, and the bleeding stopped. He was breathing completely normally, and I had never seen a cat smiling before. (laughs) He was laying there with his face resting on his paw, and I swear to God, he had a, a grin on his face, and he was breathing normally. And he was taking these nice, deep, normal breaths and the bleeding stopped. And it was like everything just went away. And I was like, I looked like the kid from Home Alone, you know, when he <laughs> has hands on his face, like, holy exactly. tamoli, you know. That's what yeah. I looked like. And I didn't want to yell because it was, it was fascinating. That was my yeah. first experience with me doing it. Mm-hmm. And the cat lived for another 18 months. And he lived to wow. be, you know, over 20 years old. And he was healthy all the way up until the uh, last two weeks. Then he started getting weaker and weaker. He was getting older. And right. then uh, I just didn't know enough to, at that point to keep him going, you know. So. Yeah, and you did this a lot with your mother, you were telling me as well, right? Yeah, my mother had a stroke. Oh, I do this with a lot of people. I actually have people call me up from all over the world, actually, mm-hmm. and um, say, you know, they have this problem, and then I work on them, and they go, thanks, I'll see you later. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. My mother had a stroke, and she, there was, there's times when she, she couldn't talk. And she was going to go to the movies with my father. This is probably about five years ago. They moved to Florida. And mm-hmm. I called, talked to him almost every day. <clears throat> They're kind of old. and um, So I, I said to him, uh, you know, what are you doing? I said, we're going to the movies. Well, we were going to go to the movies, but your mother 
um, you know, she can't talk. She would start to talk like this. You know, the words just couldn't come out. She was frustrated. She just had to lay down. So I was laying here or sitting in my chair watching Sports Center, whatever I was doing, and I just do this energy thing on her head. So I just start to feel and imagine. I defocus my eyes and imagine the space in her head, and I start going through her brain. And I, I started just checking. Cerebrum, mm-hmm. limbic system, cerebellum, the hippocampus, the left brain, the right brain, you know, thalamus, hypothalamus, pituitary, whatever. whatever. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I got pretty mm-hmm. good at learning anatomy when I realized how to do this energy stuff, so I started wanting to, you know, learn anatomy. And I just went through her brain, and it took just maybe a minute at the most to check maybe 20 or 30 or 40 different things, you know. Mm-hmm. And I hang up, and uh, I'm just sitting here watching TV, and I was already off the phone with my father. About five minutes later, the phone rings, and he says to me, What the hell did you do to your mother? And I'm thinking, oh, my <laughs> God, she died. You know, like, <laughs> he's right. like this crazy Italian guy from New York, my father. So I go, what are you talking about? He goes, I was talking to you. I told you that your mother couldn't talk. She couldn't walk. She had to lay down. And I hang up the phone with you. And a couple minutes later, after I hang up the phone with you, your mother's up. She's talking completely normal. Now she wants to go to the movies again. He goes, you did that thing with the energy thing, didn't you? I know you did that thing. I go, yeah, I did. He goes, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then for... For those people out there, they probably heard, I think you and I talked about EFT, the emotional freedom technique and the tapping, but I experienced this myself with actually visiting Chuck and having a little hip, the hip thing, and he, he did it on me, and my hip felt like a completely different hip, and it's actually healed up at this point. So I thank you for that, and I'll, that's my testimony that this stuff is, is actually real. So, uh, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show because I think that this, I actually think this is the next thing, the next frontier when it comes to medicine. I think people are already experimenting around in, with energy and medicine and all of that other stuff, but I happen to think that this is the, the next thing, the next it thing, so to speak. But Chuck, it's been a joy talking with you, man. I don't want to keep you too longer. We did it. We've done an hour. But for those people out there that are interested in doing a session with you, a life between life, how do they get in touch with you? Well, you can call me. My phone number is 754-224-1456, 754-224-1456. Or you can go to my website. Hypnosis Arts, A-R-T-S, hypnosisarts.com. And I'm located in Hollywood. Cool. And, I mean, they would, people out there probably listen uh, in Florida, but I imagine, you know, when they are listening from all over, and you said you have people that actually come from, you mentioned Barbados, so a woman came from Barbados. So if you want to come to Florida, Hollywood, Chuck actually lives probably about 15 minutes away from me. <laughs> you can you mm-hmm. have a session with Chuck and you can meet me as well. So um and I also travel. I go to Orlando um next in uh June I'll be in Mexico City doing mm-hmm. 10 sessions in Mexico City. I sometimes I go to Rio de Janeiro and people come here. So uh, I also go to Fargo, North Dakota. I uh I go around, so yeah, yeah. So again, if you want to get in touch with uh, Chuck, the number is seven five four two two four one four 
1-800-273-8856, or you can go to his website, hypnosis, hypnosisarts.com. Chuck, Frank, thank you for being on Fat Man Radio. I really appreciate it, man. Darren, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Okay, yeah. All right, have a Thanks good night. Again. All right, bye-bye. Right. Bye. All right, a little, a little off the uh, map to what I normally do when I talk about health, but I thought that this was so, so important. For those of you out there who might be struggling with your purpose, I know a lot of people out there are wanting to change their life, do something different. I was in that space probably about uh, the year 2008. Now I feel like I'm on the right path with the things that I'm doing, bringing people health information, helping them make their lives better. But if you're struggling with something like that, get in contact with Chuck. Uh, and, and find out what your purpose is and quit living in fear and live in love. Next week, we will have Dr. Stacy Nottingham on the show, and she'll be talking about weight loss. Stacey, Dr. Stacy actually weighed over, I think she told me, about 300 pounds, and she managed to get her weight down, and she's going to discuss with us how she actually did that. The week after that, I don't have a show lined up. I actually made a boo-boo and didn't line the show up, but I may be able to get someone, and in the first week of May, uh, the first Wednesday in May, I'm going to have Dr. Allison Seebecker on. We'll actually be talking about SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, and also bone broth and how good bone broth is. If you've ever not ever had bone broth, you probably want to get some bone broth in your system. And I have all kinds of good shows coming up in May. We'll have a ton of good guests. I have someone coming on that's a scientist from MIT. Uh, she'll be coming on. I also have um, a guy called the Mango Man who will be on. He's a nat naturopath, and he'll be talking about food combining, which is something I think is really, really overlooked when it comes to creating your own digestive problems. A lot of people are eating the wrong things and pairing up the wrong kinds of food. So that's something that you will want to pay attention to. And again, please connect with me on Facebook if you have not, because that's where the shows I'm going to list the shows. And I also I list the shows in Facebook events. So if you want to become my uh, Facebook friend, I'm slowly but surely getting to that limit of friends that I can have. So at that point, what I will do is shut down my personal Darren McDuffie and just do everything exclusively through my fan page. So make sure you jump into the fan page. All right. Thank you for listening. Have a good night, and I will see you next week on the same fat time, same fat channel. Peace.